everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming, it's episode number 172, hooray! Hooray! I almost forgot the intro there for a sec. What the fuck do I normally say when we start the show? (laughs) (laughs) I've developed this really bad habit of reaching for my drink and taking a drink just as you say that and then going, oh wait, fuck, I need to respond to how this works we've only done this 172 times yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so it's a full house this week uh, you've got me Mike and you've got Kieran and Paul with us Hello. Um, so if you haven't listened to this podcast before what the hell have you been doing with your life um, and something if you, better apparently yeah, if, yeah. I was going to say that if you have been listening to this podcast since the beginning what the hell have you been doing with your life um <laughs> So we are a weekly podcast uh, where we talk about video games and board games and all sorts of games. Um, yeah, and we will tell you to go and play stuff and we will basically spend your money if you let us. So we've got quite a few things to talk about this week, so let's do that, shall we? Um, we've got, obviously there was a big game that came out this week, so I think we'll maybe skip that one for a bit. Paul, you've been playing um, some... Mini Metro. I have. Um, so last time we were recording, the Humble Freedom Bundle was still live, and I was a bit ill skint at the time, and had spoke about wanting Mini Metro. Um, someone was going to give me their code for it, but Kieran was kind enough to buy me the whole bundle, which oh, is pretty very much cool. where I've yeah. pr- played most of the games I've been playing from. So. He is. He's a, he's a really nice guy at times. Sometimes. Other times he's a complete Sometimes dick. is the important word there, really. <laughs> but yeah, Mini Metro was the game I really wanted for it. So for those who haven't played Mini Metro, it effectively is a game where you are building a subway network. It's as simple as that. So you start out and there's three stations, two or three stations. Um, depending on which map you start on, and then you need to connect those with different colours of lines, much like the London subway system. The whole thing or, looks very much like those London yeah, tube maps so you have. It yeah. looks exactly like a London tube map, it really does. Um, and you keep going, and more stations pop up, and more stations pop up, and more stations pop up. And you, you know, as you progress through the levels, more coloured lines become available. But here's the thing, not all of them are going to be in a loop or interconnectable. You're going to need to start using different coloured lines to connect other ones into other ones. And then you're going to end up with what are basically hub stations that everything connects into. These can become very congested, and if the wait time becomes too much, the game is over. It's a weird game because it looks so simplistic and basic when you just look at the graphics and the art style and stuff like that. And then yeah. you just start playing and you're like, oh no, this is hard. It's hectic as feck. It really is. Um, I haven't even completed the London level yet. Yeah, me neither. Um, that is how hard it is. Uh, so you start getting lines that are really congested. You need to add more trains to those. If you don't have more trains, you eventually get more carriages that you can add, which lets your train take more passengers. But again... You're going to end up with some of these stations that become interchanges or hub stations, and those are the ones you really need to manage because if you get too many passengers waiting on a train and your lines are too long that your trains aren't going to run them quick enough, 
boom, game over. Uh, so I think the furthest I have got is eight minutes. Eight minutes of time, because these are timed on the London map. Um, really, really, what seems, as Kieran says, simple game, but ends up becoming this super hectic, confusing, tangled web <laughs> of train lines that you're trying to puzzle out in your head and go, okay, so if I detach that line from that one and then I can take some of the congestion out of this station and route it around there and put it into that station. Imagine uh, if that's how it worked in real life, like, constantly, where they were like, oh, by the way, so we had to dig up this part of the rail line so that we could move them over there because we didn't have enough rail lines, so... <laughs> yeah, <very laughs> We shut down this tunnel uh, and moved it brick by brick. If you haven't played it, then you 100% should... If you get easily frustrated, you maybe shouldn't because your <laughs> blood pressure will rise. For sure. Um, so, originally, to start off with, uh, you get London. So, the London subway system where you've got to deal with going under, uh, under the one river. You've got Paris, which has got multiple sections of river that you need to have bridges or tunnels to go underneath New York City and Berlin uh, unlockable you've got Melbourne Hong Kong Osaka St. Petersburg Montreal San Francisco so on and so on but you need to get higher scores to unlock these uh, and at the moment I think my highest score is let me see hang on I'll load it up and we'll see how big my highest score on the London map is my best well, score second. is 173 passengers delivered to the station, 10 minutes played. Yeah. Oh, and like, another thing is, like, I really like the art style. It's the main thing I really love about that game. Yeah, um, it's the game so itself is also really good, but like, it's super simplistic and abstract. It looks like those kind of subway maps. Passengers are just... Um, the Little. Little square dots. Yeah, little squares or circles or triangles, depending on where they're trying to go. Because different stations are where different, different shapes go to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun, fun game. Yeah, definitely. It's possibly the most in-depth I've got at drawing lines ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and going, maybe if I rub that bit of that line out and put it there instead... Uh, and that's all it kind of comes down to in its simplest form, but it gets it just gets so frustrating and hectic and yeah, it's it's one of those games where you go, okay, I, I failed again, again, <laughs> again. Go again. Um, there's also there's the daily challenge where it drops you onto a random map and you have to see how long you can survive for, with different aspects getting flung at you, and then there's endless mode which. It, it it never lets you die. You can have passengers backed up to like you know someone's been waiting there twelve years for the train, and you don't die. You just keep yeah. playing to see how well you can do it. So yeah, really really fun little game. Um, definitely worth picking up. I don't because it was part of a humble bundle. I don't actually know how much money I'd maybe spend on it. I'd say maybe five six pounds at most. Yeah, I, I don't think know I paid how, less than that for it. Um, I don't know how much it is on Steam. I'd probably pay about five, six pounds for it. So I seem to always remember the game being more expensive than I would want. 
yeah, but... myself. But it's the thing is, so, just me being weird because it's I... all on sale so often. Yeah, exactly. So definitely worth something worth picking up. Um, but anyway, I've talked about lines and tube stations far too much. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna let Kieran tell us about. I'm pretty sure you've finished it now, Yakuza Zero. Yes, I finished it. Um, which is two weeks ago now because we missed the week. Um, but yeah, I finished Yakuza Zero. So I don't want to go into any details or anything because obviously it's spoilery. Um, yeah. Yeah, but of course. The story in that game wraps up in a just really great way, like super over dramatic, just over the top kind of stuff that you'd expect after playing, you know, as much of the game as I had. Um, there's still a bunch of side stuff that I need to go back and do at some point, uh, but also there's a bunch of other games that I'm going to play, so <laughs> I'm going to yeah. lend my copy to one of you two um, for now, and then I'll come back to it eventually. But, yeah, yeah, I fully recommend that game. That is one of the best games I've played this year so far. And it's crazy to think of how many good games have come out this year already. And, you know, February has just ended. It's insane. Um, Yeah, I was worried about that game that maybe the combat would get a bit repetitive towards the end in some way. But I actually really enjoyed it all the way to the end. Um, and it's a long game so I was surprised like you are constantly kind of upgrading your abilities and unlocking new moves and stuff like that which just means that you end up with you know more varied combat the further into the game you get it's not just the same kind of combos repeating over and over it's hey I unlocked this new thing so now I can do a suplex or uh, one of the best kind of counter moves you can do is when an enemy knocks you to the ground if you hit triangle while you're coming back up again your character just launches himself into the air and headbutts him because he just dives at him from the ground it's just great it's so silly um so yeah i i highly recommend i don't have much more to say about it just because i talked about it much already um yeah you've, you've talked about it quite a lot in previous podcasts um but it's pretty awesome uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Mike. Uh, yes. You've, you've been playing Game Boy Advance games again. I have, yes. So I, the last time we spoke, I, well, not the last time, maybe the time before, but we yeah, spoke about I had uh, bought a Game Boy Advance and one of the other things that I got was uh, I'd ordered it and it was coming all the way from China. It was one of those uh, hack cartridges that had over 369 games in it. Yeah. Nice. So it eventually arrived and it's got quite a few, you know, uh, decent games on it. So it starts off and it has a uh, all the Pokemon games for the Game Boy Advance. Okay. Okay. So like um, yep. Ruby and Sapphire and. Yeah, uh, it's got Leaf Green, Fire yeah. Red, uh, Emerald, Ruby, and Sapphire. So it's missing one or two, but it, it's got most of those. Yeah, and it's got then majority. It's got a lot of um, sort of hacked games. Uh, it's got what it calls Super Mario Advance. And every time it's uh, what it is, is, it's like a little package. And it's got one of the games is the original Super Mario, the arcade game. Mm-hmm. which was uh, the two plumbers running about the platform 
um, knocking the little turtles and stuff that came out of the drain pipes. Yeah. So that's before, not, uh, yeah, that's not hacked. One. They did those were. Oh really? Yeah, they did those. There was a series of them. Um, like yeah, this is. But they were yes, numbered right. weird. Because I yes. had I had Super Mario Advance two, which was Super Mario World. <laughs> Um, but I think all of them had the original Mario Brothers in it, uh, Super Mario they Brothers. They did, yeah, well, yeah. Which is oh, bizarre. Oh, right, okay. I thought those were hacked. No, no, I had, I had that Mario World one. That was like the... I think I actually still have my copy of that. I've still got all my old GBA games. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there is, you know, quite a few Game Boy Advance games. There's a lot of uh, classic NES games. And there's some games that... I don't know how or where they got them from, but they're, they've put them onto, you know, this GBA cartridge and they were never out, never out for Game Boy Advance. Okay. Yeah, th- ah. um, some of them don't work as well. So there's, uh, there's a WrestleMania game, uh, The Road to WrestleMania. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, it looks very good and everything, um, but the sound is all to whack. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, the sound is also wank, and the controls are completely and utterly knackered. Um, to be fair, though, like there was a lot of bad wrestling games for GBA, so I would also believe that that could be a real thing. Right. They were all terrible. Um, yeah, the, there's some stuff that is, you know, is properly hacked. So one of the games that I found on here and I was very excited about because uh, it was there was about four or five arcade games that, you know, coin-up games that I actually had finished. Um, yeah. And one of them, and it was a huge thing, uh, was Bubble Wobble, the original Bubble Wobble arcade game from Tatio. Great game. And so there's a version of it on here. So I started it up, and it all looks great, and it's playing the music. Fantastic. And it starts with the... Um, the story screen, you know, you've got the two uh, Bub and Bob in their little bubbles, and there's a story. Now, Kieran, you yeah. know what that is because we, before we started recording, I got you to head look it up. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to read what the actual, what the proper introduction is? Yeah, proper introduction is now it is beginning of a fantastic story. Let's make a journey to the cave of one of monsters. Good luck. So. This game is perfect. This version I have is perfect in every way, except somebody's obviously thought to have a little fun with this story. And the story, that uh, they've replaced some of the words, and it now reads, Now it is the beginning of a sorry-ass story. Let us make a journey to the Cave of Monsters. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Nice. Um, and that's it. Everything else is fine. <laughs> um... And so it's uh, I paid eight quid for this little this little cartridge, and there is three hundred and sixty nine different games on them. Some of them are the old you know the old trick where it's the same game and they've made the sprite bigger or smaller and yeah. things like that. There isn't many of them. That's good. Um, and there's a lot of them that you would go, I wouldn't play this if you know my life depended on it. Um, yeah, there's uh, just some weird games that I've never even seen uh, just very very strange stuff on here as well uh, but it's it's good fun for the nostalgia value and highly yeah. illegal highly illegal yes it's probably treason to buy them 
You mean somebody from Nintendo is going to be knocking on my door That's shortly? That's it. You caused Nintendo treason. Yeah, um, it's, okay. it's it's okay. I've been slagging the company off for the last five years, and nothing's happened to me yet. That's it. <laughs> if I remember next time I come over, I should bring over that uh, hacked cartridge I've got of Mario games that is actually just right. Mario Land, Mario Land, and like two other Mario games repeated thirty times with slight differences in color swaps and stuff. It's pretty right. good. It's one of those things that advertises itself as like 36 games in one, and it's like four Mario games. One of them's not even a real <laughs> Mario game, it's something else. Some other ROM hack that they've replaced the main character with Mario. And right. Then they just, and then these palettes swapped it, and it's not even a GBA game, even though it's on a GBA cartridge, because it has the thing where hitting the shoulder buttons changes the aspect ratio from 4x3 to 16x9. Yeah. Um, which means it was a Game Boy game. Because of course, yeah. all Game Boy games did that in the Game Boy Advance, which is <laughs> but it's cut down to fit. It's in a Game Boy Advance cartridge, right? So they've clearly just like made a smaller version of a Game Boy cartridge, which is weird. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Th- there's some weird games on here, like Mad Max, um, and it looks like an NES game, um, uh-huh. and I never knew there was a Mad Max NES game. and it is very very strange Um, there's a Jurassic Park game it's really fucking bad Uh, there's the Karate Kid just as bad there's a lot of like licensed games on here and yeah you know if people were wondering you know because there must be now there must be a, a you know gamers that in the past what 10 years or so there's not really been that many bad license games you know a license game is normally pretty decent now that's because they they mostly went to mobile yeah (laughs) Yeah. there's lots of garbage you know fucking farmville clones on phones now that are you know like the simpsons tap out and stuff like that yeah yeah um but this is actually it's good to let it's good as a history lesson to see to show people you know it wasn't all fucking wine and roses and you know yeah yeah, yeah. transformers devastation and yeah yeah so. it's not <laughs> it's not all you know that mad max game we got a few years ago yes yeah shadow so. of mordor yeah exactly um but yeah i mean having uh, fun just uh, even just starting up some of them and going fuck that <laughs> <laughs> So I definitely got my eight quids um, worth out of it. So that's, that's quite cool. Uh, Kieran, you have been playing something called Slime Sand. Slime Sand. Um, yeah, so it's a game I picked up for preview for the website. Um, and I am ahead with where I expected to be in my preview, actually. I've wrote way more than I expected to. So that'll be up some point soon. Um but it is basically a 2D platformer, kind of in the vein of something like Super Meat Boy. Right. So it's pretty difficult, very um, mechanics heavy. Like it just, it's if you die in this game, it's very much because you fucked up. There's not a lot of like randomness or anything. Right. Um, and it's about this little slime called Slime San, and Slime San, and this little bird that's on his head who might have a name and I might have forgotten. Um, they are out one day and then they get eaten by a giant worm. And you have to platform your way out from the tail end of the worm up to the mouth of the worm so you can escape. 
and it's just a series of really short, really well-made platforming levels. Um, and Sounds fantastic. It is actually really good. Um, it, the art style is actually coincidentally kind of reminiscent of kind of that Game Boy style stuff. Um, did either of you guys play Downwell when it came out like a couple of years ago? Yes. So the art style is a lot like that. Um, same right, kind okay. of palette stuff. Um, and it's quite cool because you collect uh, like these apples throughout the levels that are kind of just little collectibles you can get. And there's a hub area that you can go to and buy upgrades in. One of the upgrades you can get is just uh, different uh, side panel art because the game runs a 4x3 but because it's on a 16x9 monitor it just has art at the sides. And so you can buy different art to fill in those bits. Or you can buy costumes for your slime. So for example my slime currently is wearing an eye patch. And the bird that rides around on his head is currently wearing a pair of headphones. Um, and you can buy just, because you, just because you can. Yeah, basically. Um, and it's got a good kind of sense of humour as well. Like, There's a lot of characters you can talk to in the hub area. Um, there's also a home area you can go to, which doesn't make much sense in the context of the story, because you're meant to be inside the worm trying to escape, but you can also just leave and go home every now and again, which is pretty good. Um, but yeah there's a bunch of characters in this kind of home area that you can go around and talk to as well uh, like Slime San's mum Slime San's sister there's a, a, a jelly cube that also lives in the area with the slimes and is really offended that people keep calling her a slime and she's like I'm not a slime I'm clearly cube I'm cuboid slimes are not cuboid <laughs> it's really good um so yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I need to play a bit more of it, but I'm getting there with my preview. Um, I, it comes out in April, I believe. So it's definitely one to take a look at. I think it's only coming out in Steam at the moment, but I would assume it's got to get ported to everything because, you know... Steam... It's a small indie game, so it probably will. Yeah, exactly. It's a small indie game. It seems like it's got a good amount of, like... It's a good quality indie game as well. It's not just like a... The ones that tend to get stuck on Steam tend to be ones that are just like Unity asset flips and stuff like that. Um, right, yeah. But this is, uh, there's been care and love put into this game and it shows us it's a very good 2D platformer. Um, cool. Yeah, so I'm going to play more of that, but I'm enjoying it so far. Nice. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, Paul, you've been, you. well, on this list you have written Tomb Raider Update. Which I don't know if that's an update for Tomb Raider or if you're updating us on what you've done in Tomb Raider. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm updating you on where I, I am in Tomb Raider. So last time we spoke, I hadn't finished the game yet. And apparently, according to both of you guys, or at least... No, it was actually... It was Mike. It was Mike and Nathan. Yeah, I had so quite a bit to go. The, the bit didn't happen. I just gave up. <laughs> I had no want to, to to put that back in and fire it back up. Wow. Okay. The story was not that compelling to me. It was while I was playing, but playing it, but then it was, you know, I stopped for a couple of weeks because I had stuff to do. Life got in the way, and I got to the point where, all oh, right, I have time to sit there and play games. I'll put Tomb Raider in, and I went, nah, not really. So yeah, that's that's my Tomb Raider update. I couldn't be bothered finishing it. Weirdly enough, I actually I didn't put it on my list of games here, but I 
also played the bit of Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah, you did because <laughs> you were. Else, I was like, I you were something. sending me messages going, "Why can't I pick up this gun?" And I was simply like, "Because bow and arrow." Lara Croft's a dumb person. First couple hours of that game, she doesn't pick up any guns. She murders multiple people who have guns, and she's like, "Hmm, I'm going to use this bow and arrow." It's like there's an AK-47 right there. Bow right and there. arrow, son. These people are shooting at you. Best part of that game uh, was the bow and arrow. The bow and arrow is pretty good. I hardly used guns. Yeah, I, I've been using the bow and arrow more than anything else. I say have been. I've kind of I dropped off that game the moment everything else started coming out. It was kind yeah. of a between games game for me. Is there anything compelling to make you want to pick it back up? Realistically, come on now. I like how it plays. I don't really care about the story very much. Um, See, and I- I I remember first talking about it when I played it on the Xbox One, and I'm pretty sure we had a conversation of it will be interesting to see how people will react to it when it comes out a year later. Yeah. I think it doesn't help that Uncharted 4 came out around the same time, or before it on PS4. Yeah. And also that, just personally, the time that I have found to be able to start playing it is when a bunch of other big open world games have come out and so like I don't have the time to invest in or don't really feel like I want to invest in another kind of open area. Because it is pretty yeah. big. It's pretty open hobby areas to explore and stuff. And yeah. I am enjoying it and I will go back to it. It's just yeah. I yeah, I just think that it was definitely a, a wrong move. Was agreeing the you know the exclusivity deal. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Had that come out on PS4 before Uncharted 4, it would have done so much better. I, I just had it come out in PS4 at the same time as everything else. I think. Yeah, had it come out in PS4 at launch, yeah. I think it would have yeah. sold really well on PS4. Um, you know, be, because there was some journalists and some people that said it was a great game. It made some game of the year lists. When it comes a year later, those people have already dealt with the game. They're not dealing with it. And there was there was some people that went, well, it's just people with, it's just Xbox fanboys looking for for something to justify their system. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just think it was the wrong thing that they did. I think another thing is yeah. also when it first came out on Xbox One, it was very impressive graphically. Yes. And it looks better and runs better on the PS4. But also, again, Uncharted 4 came out just before it. And now Horizon has just come out. And yeah. Gravity Rush 2 just came out, and it's like, ah, Tomb Raider looks alright. Yeah, yeah. You know, graphics don't um, matter that much, but also, you know, they help. Speaking of Gravity Rush 2, Kieran, both me and you have been playing that. I finished that one as well. Oh, you finished that one? I, okay, was, I, right, just... I was right at the end of that game, which I said a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I think I'm at the end of that game, but I'm not sure. I was, as it turns out. Oh, you were you were right at the end. Fair enough. I got it in this morning um, from from Boomerang Rentals, and I put it in for a couple hours before we started recording. I am really enjoying the start of that game. See, I was telling you, we were talking about this before, where I felt it had a very kind of slow start. Um, it is. It's a slow start. But, I do think the moment you get your powers, it's good. It's just that yeah, that the, very intro where it's like, 
That very okay. intro bit well, where you don't have your powers. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but it's not you. You know, you're really not long before you get them. Yeah, definitely. And it's a nice little bit of setup introducing you to those new characters before you get your powers. Yeah. I thought anyway. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, just really, really fun. The game looks. I mean, the last one on Vita looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. The, this looks it's yeah, so much nicer. The remaster of the Vita game looked really nice as well. And Ryan yeah, this... Six second as well. That's the one thing about this one is it doesn't the frame rate chugs a little bit sometimes. Um, yeah, overall, I have not... it looks great. But it does. It looks really, really pretty. I'm thoroughly enjoying the setup. There's like a boring mini side game thing where you need to mine gravity ore. Yeah. Which I think you had said was part of the stuff you didn't really like at the start, but I'm fairly enjoying it. Oh, no, I just meant specifically the mining bit right at the start of the game. That stuff's alright, because it's kind of like a really oh, yeah. leaky thing mining... where you're going layers down in a dungeon getting better, better loot, which is quite cool. The, the mining thing, once you get your powers, is great. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. The initial bit where you're walking about in the giant grab suit that keeps you stuck to the ground is terrible because you're so slow. <laughs> yeah. But it is an, it is only the initial like five minutes, so it's you know, it's yeah. um, it's it's set up. It's nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the story for that game goes some goes some places towards the end. Like it's <laughs> the fucking weird one. I'm I'm really looking forward to um, to putting a good amount of time into it. How long is it by any chance? Do you remember? I don't really remember because I kind of lost track because. I was playing Yakuza 0 mainly, and that game's like 60 hours long or something like that. So every now and again I was jumping out and doing a couple of missions of Gravity Rush here and there. So I kind of wasn't keeping up with how long I've been playing Gravity Rush. Um, but Fair enough. Probably somewhere between 10-20 hours. Like, it's a decent length, especially if you do side stuff. Yeah. Um, um, it's quite cool. A, it's quite a meaty game. Um I- probably not going to do the side stuff because the story actually seems really compelling so I'm probably going to plow through the story I didn't like most of the side stuff in that game, I tried a lot of it um, but a lot of those side missions are just not fun um, but the story stuff's really good I, I really enjoy it there's some really good boss fights in it um, yeah. yeah, again the story cool. does some weird shit towards the end um, it's not as weird as or it's as weird as the first game, but I don't know if you remember the story from the first game. I can't remember the first game too well, even well, though it was pretty much a game of the year. Yeah, and everything but actual title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, the story in the first game was really disjointed, where it felt like a kind of series of short stories that weren't really connected very much. Yeah. Um, and they none of them really got resolved. It was just kind of, this thing happened. Oh well. Next thing happens. Um, oh well. Two is a lot more of a linear story. Like it's still broken into kind of acts like that, where they are very self-contained, but they have a a beginning and an end. They you know they get. Yeah, it. like I like the the character CC you get introduced to. That's Actually, good, I like. She's in I it like, a lot. <laughs> I like all of the characters I've been introduced to so far. Yeah, um, all the new characters are great. Yeah, they're really, really good. Um, so yeah, my issues with characters in that game are actually mainly returning ones. Like Sid is a 
weird continuation from that character from the first game because uh, yeah, yeah, said in the first weird. game was that detective that helps you out and yeah. now he's just kind of like your fuckboy that follows around with you I don't know yeah yeah. I think that's his official title. Um, well, fuckboy that follows you around. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I don't think the developers made them called that, but sure. Whatever fuck boy. It's his full name. Is it fuckboy that makes a weird robotic hand? Yeah, he does make a weird robotic hand. <laughs> yeah, like, the fuck's that? They actually, they make good on, they explain that, there's stuff in that, then, ugh. that game's weird. Did, they, did the, they, they explain why he makes a stupid robotic hand? Yes, sort of. But also they don't, but sort of. And also, there's a bunch of weird shit in that game that they explain, but then there's also like major plot threads they never bother revisiting again. And so they're just like, here's the exact explanation for this. Remember this thing that happened earlier? Don't. Don't remember it. Just, we're not going to touch that again. But this other thing, there was a minor point in the last game. We're going to spend an hour on that. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but yeah, I, I really like it. It's, um, I was a little bit kind of... It took a little bit for me to warm up to it uh, compared to yeah. the first game. And again, I think it was part of the reason was, yeah, because Zero came out and... I was sinking so many hours into that because I just adore that game. Um, and I ended up really liking Gravity Rush 2 as well, but it, you know, them both competing for time didn't really work too well in its favour. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to put... I, I've clicked with it straight away. I'm really enjoying it. So probably going to put a lot of time into it over the course of the weekend when I probably should be doing work for uni. But, you know. Or playing board games with us. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, that that one too, and 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 working to put food on the table. Yeah, both nah, times. nah, Gravity Rush sounds better than all of that. Sorry, guys. Food or Gravity Rush? Gravity <laughs> Rush. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm really enjoying Gravity Rush too. Um, so far, from what little I've played, I've told Kieran where I am, so. I don't want to ruin it for anyone else, but I'm yeah. I, I'm in Act I think Act Four or Act Five. Yeah, I think you're nearing the the second say. Um, but I can't remember, so maybe you're not. Maybe I'm lying to you. Actually, no, you're Seven. not. No, fuck, no, you're. you're never mind. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm lying to you. I'm lying to you. I'm fairly early on. I mean, I've only put like two hours into the game, so. <laughs> yeah, you're. You're no, sorry. You're nowhere near. Yeah, I didn't think it was. Thank God. Thank God. I was gonna say that game must be short. It's tiny. <laughs> you spend, I found that you do actually spend more time in the second city than you do in the first. So, All right. Okay. Um, that That's may just be me. That may be. That may just be because I enjoyed the side stuff in the second city more. I don't know. Maybe All right. Did more. Um, no problem. No problem. Yeah. Um, uh, but you've also been playing Hand of Fate, Paul. I have. Uh, this is another game that came out of that Humble Freedom Bundle, and I actually didn't know it was there until I was looking through the list of about 50 games that came in that. I didn't realise that game was in that bundle. Um, I had no idea. And I was like, oh crap, Hand of Fate, I've, I've heard about that, I, that's supposed to be really good, so I downloaded it. Guess what, guys? People weren't lying, it's really good. I think I own that game. I've never played I... it. 
Yeah, I own it because it was free, I think, on Microsoft for giving it away. It's one of the games with gold. I don't play it. I never go even and, claim those. Go and play it now. Don't even think about it. Just go and do it. I should cancel my Xbox Live. Why am I subscribed to Xbox Live? Yeah, why? That's. I think I. Yeah. I think when I got that Xbox One of you, I had convinced myself I would definitely play some Halo online, and then right. didn't because why would I play Halo online? Yeah. I yeah. Good point. Live. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. Yeah. No. No. Don't worry. I'll continue on. Um. So. Had a fate for anyone that's not played it is this really cool game, which is a mix between card game deck builder mm, I like the part and dungeon crawler. I mean, the deck building part of it's like building a deck for Yu-Gi-Oh or something like that. You know, I mean, it's not a major part of the game. It's yeah. hey, flesh out your deck. It's just my least favorite bit of collectible card games. Fair enough. It doesn't actually take that long, and you, you technically don't have to. You can go in, and hit a button that says uh, optimize for, optimize for next level or optimize for next dungeon or whatever, and it does it for you, which is what I've been doing. So, to start out with, the you, you come across this mage guy. Um, I haven't really caught his story um, too much. But you're playing against him to beat the champions he's set out, and these champions are, you know, villains, they're bandits, or skeletons, or whatever else. And your little character is sitting across from him, and he's got a deck of cards, and you've got a deck of cards, and he shuffles those together, and he lays them out. And your little character gets to pick which cards he's moving between along the cards that are on the table, that are laid out in, you know, the style of dungeon. A dungeon that's made up of cards. So you're, you're going along, and then some of them you get to, you'll get ambushed, or you'll have the opportunity to ambush someone, and there'll be like uh, four cards appear on the screen. One of them's fail, two of them are pass, and one of them's like super pass. Mm-hmm. And they'll shuffle, critical and you need to pick. Yeah, you need critical pass. You need to like pick a card, and if you pick fail, then you're obviously fighting the guys that were on that square. Uh, when it goes into combat, it is very much uh, like, kind of like Arkham Asylum. So as long as you can hit Q to counter repeatedly and move around enough using a Wazda, you'll be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. I have encountered zero problems so far, and I have literally only used counter and occasionally attack. When I've, I've, you know, when you catch an opening, you can you can go in and attack, but I'd suggest just countering repeatedly. But just how I played Batman as well, so yeah, that's fair. But you know, it's really fun. So I've only went through the first three dungeons so far. Um, But every time you complete a dungeon, you get little like tokens. You click these tokens, it unlocks new cards. Those get shuffled into your deck, and those are things like axes and shields and helms and different stuff like that um so making your deck before you go into the next boss is a case of whatever you're putting in there is axes helms uh bonuses things that you can pick up as loot and those cards make up what you'll gain as loot 
to help you through the next dungeon as you progress across the cards. There might be one hand dealt, and you only need to deal with one hand. The further you go within the levels, the more hands there are dealt you need to get through. So the last one I had to go through, I think, four levels of the dungeon, each of those with six cards um, on each level. Those could be things like traders you come across or people you encounter. And it's all text-based when you encounter people that aren't fights. Uh, so it's a case of you come across a guy that's you know dressed up as a human and he's actually a goblin. And he's asking you for help and you can offer him your bread or you can ask him what he wants as help. Um, <laughs> what, you, you hate it when a goblin dressed as a man appears in front of you? It tricks me into getting my bread, goddammit. You're bre- eating your bread in your tavern. Goddamn goblins coming into our country taking our bread. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are merchants, so you collect gold as you're going along and beating people, or you come across an elf princess and you can ask riding a unicorn, by the way. Really nice art style. Um, <laughs> don't ask. I, I kind of looked up like, elf princess? Okay. Oh shit, she's riding a unicorn. Alright. Uh, but you can ask her for like, you can ask her for some gold or some supplies or for uh, some extra life. And if you ask her for extra life, you'll get an extra five life, so your life goes up to 105 for battles. Uh, food is necessary because every time you move a card, your food goes down. Okay. Makes uh, sense. Moving cards makes me really hungry. Yeah. So every time you move <laughs> a square, your food goes down. So you need to manage your food. Um, if you get close to the end and you have no food and you need to use some of your gold at a merchant to buy food to balance it out because if you run out of food you will die and you'll lose the level this is all accurate to life yeah, I can relate yeah, to definitely. all this so far <laughs> but yeah it's I've basically explained the full game so far and that's <laughs> how simple it is you build your deck that's going to be your loot and the he shuffles in his deck, which is going to be the bad guys you're facing and the cards that you're trying to navigate your way through. And then you you basically navigate through... I went through the first four levels so far, and it, I think there's 16. Okay. I think there's 16 levels to go through, or 16 decks to play through, as it yeah, were. But presumably you can get random versions of them, given that it's shuffled. Yeah, I mean, every time every time you you can go back and replay a, a, a level to try and get better loot. And it's it's not the same as it was the first time you played it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, everything I've told you is actually from the tutorial. So I'm not ruining the game. I'm not ruining any of the main kind of quest lines or anything of who you're going to meet because that's some of the coolest stuff about it is the, these random encounters you get with you know elves and trolls that are dressed as humans but no this sounds brilliant it's (laughs) was that a genuine sounds brilliant or a oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) (laughs) um you seriously should go and play it though um i thought oh when i first loaded up i thought Oh, I was actually expecting, you know, a card battling game, which yeah. is what I was expecting, and it's not what I got. But I'm actually very happy with what I got instead. Right. Um, so I'm definitely worth play playing. Definitely worth playing if you already own a copy. Definitely worth buying a copy if you don't. And with that, let's let's talk to both of you. Um, 
Mike first about Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. Go and buy it. Moving on. <laughs> I'm not um, quite as positive on it as Mike is, but also I think you should go and buy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I posed the question earlier to both of you, and neither of you could answer me. Should I buy this? Should I, mean, I wait a mass? No, being reminded in this podcast about how much you enjoy the bow and arrow from Tomb Raider, you should probably buy Horizon Zero. Thought. You should, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, like all the combat is bow and arrow based or spear based. Yes, yeah. So, uh, I I love the world that they've created um and when you start the game off um kieran was saying how pretty the game is the game is absolutely gorgeous and it starts off it's like watching a film yeah oh that yeah i did think that intro cutscene was cg and then it just puts you in control and it's like oh oh yeah okay (laughs) never mind then (laughs) i guess this is gameplay i guess this is what we're doing now yeah yeah it is absolutely stunning and it just grabs you in so the the world for anyone that's wondering about it it's set in the in the future it's like a thousand years into the future and humanity seems to have gone sort of tribal yeah um, post post apocalyptic is what they say yeah uh and uh you know the the earth has changed it seems machines became sentient and have become like animals um, so okay. they, they kind of roam about and yeah uh, so they, they kind of roam about and they some of them are sentient and they, they don't attack humans and some of them are complete berserk mm-hmm. uh, it's never really explained at the beginning you know why this happened um, and I don't think anyone really knows you know uh, the Humanity has moved on that much. It can't remember that past that long ago. Uh, and the game starts with uh, you seeing the character that you're going to play. Um, now, the one thing I have... I'm just going to stop myself there. <laughs> the one thing about is the character's name. The character's name is Aloy. Fantastic. No problems at all. It's yeah. the way it's spelt. No, it's not actually. It's close to alloy, but it's close. yeah. <laughs> the first, yeah, the first time I've seen it, that's not alloy. That's fucking alloy. Um, but yes, you see your, um, you know, alloy um, being given to somebody, uh, and that's right. Okay, fair enough. And then the the story starts to take place, and you see her growing up with this person and they are both outcasts from the tribe and then the story builds itself along um just absolutely amazing and the the whole thing from where it starts to you actually get into the game is what maybe half an hour or so kieran uh something like that Yeah. yeah um and it started and it was like okay right well you want me to play now okay i'll I'll do that, but you sure you just don't want to give me more of the story? It's very engaging. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What did you think of the the kind of gameplay so far? So it is it is an open world game. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of um, the last couple of Far Cry games. 
where right, which where, I never played. Um, if if you like this, you'll probably quite like them. <laughs> right, there's kind of this these big. I'm not in the big open world yet. I'm still in the kind of tutorial area. Um, I think I've reached the point where I'm probably about to be introduced into the proper open world just before this podcast. Right. Um, are you are you in kind of what you think is the first boss battle? Uh, no. I've, no. So maybe I'm not quite there. I fought All my right. first human enemies. Ah, okay. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Um, so I just did that. Um, but I'm. I also. I didn't think the human on human combat was quite as fun as hunting robots. Hunting robots is a lot of fun though. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's really cool because you you have your bow and arrow, um, and you also get different weapons pretty quickly. You can buy different things. I've not bought the trip wire yet, but I have access to buy it if I want to. But I have the um, I forget the name of it, but it's the other trap thing that shoots. You basically put a wire down that's electrified, and it will stun enemies that walk through it. So you can use yeah, the, it for later. The trip ca- is it the trip caster? Yeah, Tripcaster. Is it? Yeah, Tripcaster. Maybe it's, yeah, I've, maybe it's, I've got yeah. that, and I've got like the wire. slingshot. Yeah, I don't have yeah. that. And there's also the wire that you can use that um, you can like rope things to the ground to stop them from moving. Oh yes, um, yeah. which I've not bought that yet. But I'm no, probably going to because it seems kind of useful for the bigger enemies. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of like sneaking in tall grass to hunt enemies, and it's weirdly you could play it super action if you wanted but they very much seem to want you to play it stealthily um, yeah it seems very much like one of the first missions that game puts you on is and also it has like quests and stuff like that because it is basically an open world RPG um, one of the first things it does is it says make fire arrows you make fire arrows with these things it points you at it saying you need to hunt this type of machine to get the things you need to make fire arrows and you go and you find like a bunch of those machines and there's a bunch of watchers around those machines which are little kind of raptor like uh, robots that are incredibly violent if they see you and yes. also if they see you they'll raise an alarm and it'll scare away the other ones, the ones you actually want to hunt so you kind of have to stealth around and take them out stealthily so that you can make sure you don't scare away the ones you actually want to hunt Um or you can just snipe them off with a bow from a distance, as it turns out, because headshots kill them pretty quick. Uh-huh. That's also an option. Um, and there's a spear you can use, which is pretty good. I found that if you buy the upgrade to get the whistle, the, that part of the game is kind of completely broken. Because oh, okay. the whistle only ever calls one enemy at a time to you. Ah, so you just right. sit in the long grass, you whistle, the closest enemy walks towards you, you stealth kill it, you whistle again, next one comes over, you stealth kill it, you whistle again, and that's it. You wipe out all of them. Right, no, I never uh, I never bought that upgrade. Um, it makes hunting even easier. But the hunting's oh, wow. not necessarily particularly hard anyway, it's kind of, until you get to the more, I presume there'll be more difficult enemies to fight. I did fight a slightly bigger uh, machine as part of one of the story missions. 
Yes, yeah, there, yeah. there is a bigger machine than there's well, obviously there's bigger machines than that as well. Yeah. Uh, I am not too too far away from you are, um, and I have encountered what I think is the the biggest, you know, the a, a boss battle. Yeah. Um, and uh, the one thing that I would say about it is that it made it feels a little bit like um, recall. At that point, and only at that point, okay. you know, when it when it's doing the boss battles, yeah. um, this uh, this boss battle is it's um, close quarter. Yeah, it's in a a close quarters environment. They've kind of closed off the map to you know, you've got this certain area to yeah. go around, and obviously it's a big beastie, so it's got the advantage and things. Um, I'm finding a I've been mucking about with it tonight as well. What I have been finding is that if you're not concentrating on it, you're going to get punished. It feels Definitely. a little old school, yeah. uh, a bit like Mega Man. You know, Mega Man and games of that ilk and that era where you had to look for the pattern. Yeah, I because, can definitely see yeah. that. Um, Even for just the regular enemies, like the Watchers will leap at you in a way that you can dodge if you're ready for it and you know it's coming but if you don't yes. and it catches you off guard it takes off like half your health like you get hit hard yeah um, and even with the watches if you manage to sneak up on one watch and take it out if you're not paying attention to what's around you you're going to get snuck attack from the other two that you didn't see yeah yeah definitely but also you can mark um, enemies which is good um, yes yeah so it, you can run in uh Paul, you'll love it because you can run in your style, all guns blazing. Or just balls, be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And but just be prepared to restart a lot. Um, I mean, I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, you can go the whole stealth way, or you can find a a high point and just start sniping things and taking them out. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it so far. Um. I don't think I'm enjoying it quite as much as you are, but I am enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, I think the story's quite good so far. Yeah, I, I think maybe I haven't I haven't really played much in the world in the way of open world games as much as you have yeah. this year and and so far. So I think may, that may have something to do do with it. Yeah, um, it's, it's but I am really really enjoying it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good there's not uh, three more that I want to buy this month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this month. Oh, this this month is horrible. It's not, not to, good. Not to mention getting a switch tomorrow, Karen. I mean, that's one of it. That's Zelda is one of the four. It's it's Horizon, Zelda, Nier Automata, and uh, Mass Effect are all big open world action RPGs. Yeah. Zelda in particular, yeah. like the reviews hit today. Uh, not to date this podcast, but the reviews hit today, and almost all of them have been like, "Yeah, I sunk like ninety hours into it." It's like, "Oh god, oh fuck, I don't have ninety hours." I I know, and the thing is, when you start looking back, and I've got like Final Fantasy, I still need to play. I've got World of Final Fantasy, yes, yeah, and and I'm considering to add into the list of four games that you you named. There's uh the Kingdom Hearts. A 1.5 yeah. and 2.5 remix coming out is which I really yeah. want. Yeah, once I really want that as well. Buy 
Yeah, well, that's exactly what I've done. I've pre-ordered 1.5 and 2.5, and I've got 2.8 sitting in my wish list because it keeps dropping in price. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do so, want that as well. Like the only reason I didn't buy that 2.5 remake before on PS3 is because I knew they would release it on PS4 eventually. Yeah. And now that they have, they've released it in a month where there's shitload of things, and then next month Persona 5 comes out. <laughs> oh crap! So, yeah, fuck I, it all. Am I, I supposed, am I supposed to actually get Uni work done this year? No. This might be one of the best years for video games ever. Uh, like, I know. Go Free Con comes out as well. Yeah, which the beta for that was quite fun. <laughs> I think it's going to get completely ignored with all this other stuff coming out, but it's, it seemed fun. I, yeah, for Honor just I'm... came out, and that seemed pretty good. Yeah. Like. Is it... There was just so much coming out at the moment. I feel like this year is going to be one of the ones that is remembered, like um, like 2007 and stuff like that. Because like 2007, the uh, Crisis and Starcraft 2 and a bunch of games came out. Yeah. Yeah. There's like there's like three or four years that people always bring up as the argument of this is when like these are years when you know. The year Metal Gear Solid came out, Ocarina of Time also came out, and the first StarCraft came out, and Half-Life came out, and, you know, it was, like, one of the greatest years for gaming ever. This it's year is... March, and we're going to have a tough game of the year this year already. Is Yeah, it's March, and I could probably write my top five right now with games that I have played from this year so far. Uh-huh. Never mind the fact that, you know, <laughs> multiple of my favourite franchises are getting sequels in the next few months and there's some new stuff coming that looks really good. And yep. Microsoft are releasing a new console later this year, so they're probably going to have a bunch of stuff that comes out with that. Like Crackdown oh, and Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Jeez, I forgot yeah. about that. And yeah, also Puyo Puyo Tetris is coming out in English, so it's officially eligible for our Game of the Year lists. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's already there. It's <laughs> <laughs> You forget who controls the document for Game of the Year. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's already on the list. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we digress. So <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was a big tangent, but... It was, yeah. Horizon um, has... You know, yeah, I am really enjoying it so far, um, and it's it's just kind of like you say, Kieran. It's the tutorial section that we're both in at the moment, yeah. and I'm already I'm already drained. It's you know, and completely engrossed, and it's like right, okay, let's let's crack on. Um, I could have wa- I could have watched this story as a film. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing how story heavy the game continues to be. After the yes. tutorial, I assume it's going to be pretty story heavy because it's already way more story heavy than I expected it to be. Um, because again, the gameplay is very similar to something like the last couple of Far Cry games, like the way the hunting, crafting, and stuff like that works is all kind of how those games worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but with a much cooler setting now because robot dinosaurs is cool. Um, yeah, it's, like, it's always going to be cool. Um, but yeah, like those games were not very story heavy. They kind of had a bit of story at the start, and then they just kind of threw you in the world, and that was it. I kind of expected this to be the same, but given I've played like at least a couple of hours of it now, and it's 
seems like there's a lot of story in this game, which yeah. I'm cool with. Um, I'm also interested in seeing how the environments kind of vary up because that first area is very much a here's a grassy plains with a bit of foresty stuff in it kind of area. Yeah, um, yeah. And then um, yeah, uh, some story stuff that takes place in kind of a bit more of like a snowy mountain area, but I still want to know how different the open world is. Yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, more, more of the landscape. Oh, when you go, Mike. No, sorry, I was just going to say more of the landscape rather than the weather effects, which are really cool. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. Looking forward to playing more of it. So. I was yeah, simply going to say, I'm discovering new robot dinosaurs. <laughs> that's definitely going to be a big part of it. Yep, definitely. Ruins and stuff like that. Um, so, Kieran, you have also been playing some Torment Tides of Numa 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 Numa. Numa Numa Numa. Uh, yes, uh, Torment Tides of Numa Nara. Um, which is a spiritual... Numa Numa It's a spiritual successor to Planescape Torment, which was a RPG, a PC RPG from a billion years ago yeah a long time ago I can Um, remember playing it it was like the same engine as Baldur's Gate um, as all good RPGs are I guess Um, Uh this was a Kickstarter made by some of the same people um, but they didn't get the same license stuff because I think Planescape is a Planescape is a D&D thing I think Uh, hmm. Planescape's a thing It's it's a licensed thing that they could right do. okay um yeah googling it planescape is a dungeon and dragons fantasy campaign setting uh-huh. um so they made their own thing for this so it's not like a actual story sequel stuff like that it's just got very similar kind of themes and kind of world design um and i've i've only played like maybe an hour and a bit of it so far but the main thing i am really liking about this game is the world design in it because all of the, the you start in this uh, this kind of city area that is all pre-rendered in that way that those old RPGs had pre-rendered cities with all these kind of weird abstract looking things around the place that don't really fit in and it's like oh man I've not seen shit that looks like this since the 90s this is great um, like just the other day I was thinking I wish it's one of those things I don't know how to best like actually word like you know describe like how these things look but it's that kind of pre-rendered background with something animated on top of it that doesn't fit in with anything else it's just kind of there and it's something that happened yeah. a lot in these kind of games in the 90s and had this weird kind of very distinct look um, that then obviously went away when pre-rendering kind of went away in general Um like Resident Evil was kind of one of the last big hurrahs for that stuff um, yeah but yeah it looks fantastic it plays really good um, I've not been in combat very much there's like a tutorial bit of combat at the start but that's fine by me I can expect my character early on to be able to talk her way out of most situations and that's an option they give you which in my books is a sign of a good RPG if you can talk people down instead of having to murder them all. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really liking it. The world they've built seems really insanely in-depth and weird. 
Um, like your main character is referred to as uh, the changing god which basically is a person who every time they come close to death has found a way to cheat death by transferring their consciousness into another body but it means they leave behind the husk of what they were before that doesn't remember anything but also doesn't have any of doesn't have the ability to be immortal like them and you wake up without any memories and so off the bat there are two people there at the start and one of them's like you're the changing god you don't have any memories because you just moved into a new body Another person's like, you used to be a changing god. You're one of the husks that's left over. That's why you don't have any memories. And you're like, okay. Neither of you know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know what this changing god thing is yet. But this game's going to be pretty good. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm I'm liking it so far. I'm definitely going to put a lot more time into that. But, you know, also there's fucking 40 other games coming out. So yeah. who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Very cool. Yeah. And I think that's it for all the video games this week. Yeah. I think it is, yes. We God, guys, that. we haven't played many video games. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Quantity is down, quality is up. Uh, just wait till next week when I talk about Zelda for an hour. Oh, yeah, God, well, do we I, have to? yeah, I won't be on that podcast. <laughs> Kieran will be running that one himself. Here we have the separate, separate podcast. Kieran talking about Zelda for two hours. <laughs> so, Mike, you're the only one that's been playing some board games this week. I know it's disgusting. Yeah, nobody else has. So, um. One of the things that I've been doing is I was having a look through my collection and uh, I I thought, you know, I need to see if I can try and play as many of them as I can and not, you know, just to play through them again because sometimes we'll buy something and quite often... Never play it. Yeah, or play it once or twice and then move on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know, I'll try and make an effort to play things again and uh, just move through it. So uh, the digital apps are, I'm finding are great that way as well. Um, you know, it keeps you up to date with the game and things like that so you can play them. And so I started this and I played a couple of games. I played Star Realms. Mm-hmm. So Star Realms, we spoke about on the podcast before. This is the the deck building game where uh, it's a competitive game and you're building your your hand of cards and you're trying to chip away at your opponent's life points as well. So it's kind of a cross between Dominion and Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic the Gathering, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, actually the game was made by two Magic the Gathering um, championship players. Nice. All right, makes perfect sense then. Yeah, um, and so I played it, and I wasn't enjoying it as much as the first time that we played it. So that was all right. I moved on to uh, another game as well, and I played 
paperback. Love paperback. Uh, yeah. We spoke about it a couple of times. Really, really like it. It's um, it's a cross between Dominion and Scrabble. Um, That's great. Yeah, really good. Um, and another game that I played through that I was working, uh, you know, just working through my list and things was Legendary Encounters, the Predator game. And it was it's a deck builder as well, but this is a game where you are you're playing you can play through uh, various modes. You can play through the one of the two Predator movies, or you can play and in in that scenario you're playing as the humans, and the Predator's hunting you. So they'll either be hunting you in the jungle, or you'll be hunting you in the city from Predator Two, uh, or you can play, it's like a multiplayer game and it's a competitive game where you're playing as predators. Uh, and it's fine. I, I do like the tension about it. I spoke about it before I reviewed it for the site, gave it a very favorable review. Um, but there are parts about it that I don't like and there's parts that I do like. The, be- the best thing that I liked about it was that once I've got my hand of cards together and I can just draw them into my hand and I can do stuff with them, I can actively attack the cards that um, that are on the field and get them out of the way. In other words, I can start doing the objective. Yeah. Uh, and I like that about a paperback as well. When I draw you know, a good set of cards into my hand and I can make up a six or seven letter word I can get the bonus points or the bonus card and I'm able to buy you know some victory points and I'm doing what I'm doing yeah. I came to the realisation that I don't like deck builders damn right you're coming <laughs> on board with my line of thinking which so, is fuck deck builders yeah I don't like deck builders I like it feels too much like a slog so yeah. I prefer it when, you know, like I said, when I was able to draw the hand of cards and I had them in front of me and they they allowed me to play the game. They allowed me to, you know, um, scan, scan the jungle and see if the predator was there and if not, deal with the threat that was there. Instead of this, you know, drawing... Hand, uh, hand of cards and go, oh well there's not much I can do with them you play you put them out in the field and you maybe get you know one point or one thing that you can buy which you never really wanted to buy but it's all you had in your hand yeah um, and the other thing that I found as well when you play deck builders when you play things like Dominion is uh, Dominion's great it, it's the original game it's the original deck builder um, where everything else sprang from. But the thing about Dominion and even Star Realms is that if we were playing a game, Kieran, and I, if I know the cards better than you, I am going to win. Yeah. That's it. There, there's no. It's just kind of a memorization game. <laughs> I was talking about it in. We have like a closed group and. The best analogy I could come up with it was it's like building databases with your, you know, competitive database building with your it's buddies. Like, yeah, and the person, pointed out, it's like doing your day job. Yeah, it's like doing my day job. Yeah, building databases competitively with your buddies. And the person that knows 
Microsoft Access or even Excel better than you is going to win <laughs> because they know the tool set better than you. So I think and the, that's reason, it. the reason you don't like deck builders is the same reason I don't want to play games like Human Resource Machine, which is it's what I do every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite, want a game that does it. <laughs> yeah, quite quite possibly. I just I. You know, I don't want that slog. Yeah. Um, and uh, my wife, she doesn't like them, so we, I can get her to barely play the 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 predator one. Um, I do, I still like the predator one. I can put up with that mechanic, uh, to a certain point because there's so much more going on, and the theme, the theme is fantastic. The way the cards creep down at you and they get closer and closer and closer to you. But unless you have the ability to scan them, you don't know what the threat is. You just know that something's there, and that catches the it, it captures the whole feel of Predator. I think it does it really well, and I'm willing to hold on to that game. But rest of the deck builders, nah. Mm. I think I'm done. Yeah, that's fair fine. enough. Fair enough. Paperback um, is kind of the one deck builder I've stuck with. Well, like I, pa- I really like it. Paperback again is slightly different though because, uh, it's you know, that your start, your starting hand of cards is a bunch of blank cards, you know, that can be used to substitute for vowels. And then you've got a couple of consonants in there as well. But you can, you can start to play the game with those cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're uh, doing something from point one. You're not just building a deck to do something eventually. You're, yes. You're doing stuff every turn. Yes. Like you, even you a turn can... when you get a bad hand, you're you're gonna write something because you can always write at least like a two-letter word. Yeah. You know, so you can you can you can build that, and yeah, I don't. Paperback has never felt like a slog. Yeah. I get I get frustrated with paperback in the, it with the, the app anyway the, the digital version. Because you know you'll come up with a, a word and uh, the AI can sometimes beat you and things like that, but it's not this. You know, I don't feel like I'm going through the slog of building building a deck that I can that can be brilliant later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the choices that you can get, as long as you um, score two points, you can buy a card yeah. in paperback. Um, yeah, like if you get a handful of bad hands in a row where the, you only get <clears throat> two-letter words, you're going to be scoring two points every time with those two-letter words, which gives you a chance to buy a card, which is always a vowel, which means you're more likely going to be able to spell things later. Which Yeah. And they're one burn card, so you use them the wrong way. But you know, it's built in a way that if you're having bad luck, it balances accordingly. Yeah. Um the uh, the Predator game, you can find yourself in a situation where you draw a hand of six cards into your hand and you can do absolutely nothing with it. Yeah, I hate that. You know, th- there is nothing you can do with it. You can't buy a card, you can't attack the, pred- the, the enemies, or you can't even scan because, uh, you know, just a combination of things that have happened. And it is—it's a complete waste of time. Yeah, there is absolutely nothing you can do. I dislike that. I think 
games <clears throat> are only fun if they handle the bad outcomes as well as they handle the good outcomes. Yeah, yeah. Like um, if, if you draw nothing but bum cards, you should be able to do something with them still. Yeah. I think the the only other exception or the only other one that I'm not too sure of with the, the deck builders is a, a game that, Kieran, you and I played was Mystic Veil. Yeah. So, Mystic... Yeah. No, gone. I was just going to say, I am also not too sure on Mystic Veil either. I'm not sure if I just enjoy it mainly because of the art and the cards. I I think so, yeah. I liked building the cards, but there could have been a better way of doing it, a better mechanism than deck building, because we said it at the time when we were playing, it felt like we were playing a solitaire game. The only thing mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, the our opponents were were an annoyance. You were an annoyance. You weren't my opponent because you could build better decks than me. Um, you were an annoyance because you'd buy the card that I wanted. That yeah. was the only, and that was the only interaction we had. It'd be like, fuck off, you bought the, that card that I wanted. But once once I'd seen you done that, I was then busy concentrating on my own deck, and you know, doing the um, the spot. Uh, the, the push your luck element that it has yeah. which I thought was quite good um, yeah I but did it, like that yeah it felt it did feel like more like a solitaire game I think, uh, I think it, a lot of deck builders end up like even paperback a lot of ways often feels like a kind of solitaire thing I think it feels it works better if you're playing with real people stars and are using the um <clears throat> Uh, the I forget the name, but the the bounty rule, where if one person is struggling to think of a word, they can offer a bounty on it, and that just gets oh, everyone yeah. involved in it. Um, it makes it feel a bit more yeah. of a, a you know thing, less of a individual solitaire kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So that's where I ended up with uh, a, a wee epiphany, if you like, that I don't like deck builders. Um, and it, it's it's strange because sometimes you think it's the theme or you think it's, you know, you can put your finger into a certain element of it, but then you don't realise that it's like the actual mechanic of the game. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, the only the only other board game that I played that I wanted to chat about again was uh, Euphoria. Yes. So we spoke about Euphoria before. Um, it's a... Jamie Stegmeyer's game, so that's the guy that made uh, Scythe, um, and I think it was the one before Scythe. But anyway, um, he uh, it's a worker placement game, and set in a dystopian future. And one of the reasons that it's my wife's favourite game, so we played it again, and uh, oh, it was absolutely fantastic just to play the game we both knew the rules now and you know sometimes you kind of pussyfoot around each other when you're learning things it's yeah. like I'm going to try this I could see that I could take advantage of what you're going to do but I'm not going you know you're not going to because you're both trying to learn how the game works and, and things like that um, and this was just as being very in the game going for things um, there's uh, one of the things that you can do in the game so when you build a building 
-hmm. So uh, when you build a building, you need to put a worker on a certain point, uh, a certain resource and pay that resource to be able to do it. So a building may need stone and brick. So you can put your worker on the the building and pay the stone, no problem at all. and uh, then the next time you can place a worker, play the, pay the break as well, and that's you build the building. Uh, what you want to try and do in Euphoria is you want to help build any buildings because once you've done that, you will get a victory point for doing it. Mm-hmm. If you don't help build a building, not only do you not get to place your victory point onto the board, which is the object of the game to get to place all your stars. So it's a little bit like Scythe. Yeah. Um, you know, place all your stars, but in Euphoria, once you place all your stars, you're done. Um, but if you don't help build the building, not only do you not get to place one of your stars, but there's a penalty. So the penalty is um, sometimes it, it it can actually break the rules of the game. Okay. Um, so, uh, for example, there is a, a rule. Uh, the workers in the game are dice. Um, and there's a rule that if you roll doubles, you get to place both of those workers as if uh, in one turn, because normally uh, a turn is either placing a worker or retrieving a worker. Um, but if you roll doubles, you can place both workers at the same time as if it was, you know, one turn. So no problem at all. Mm-hmm. But there are certain cards and certain penalties, and the penalties say. Well, if you roll doubles, nothing happens. Um, so it breaks parts of the game, yeah. and and that's your punishment. And what you then need to do is you need to um, find a way of putting your victory star onto that, you know, uh, onto that that tile that has that ruled or that that yeah. punishment. So it breaks, uh, it breaks positive parts of the game. Not just it's not like a cheat. It's like no, no, this is gonna fuck you up because the rules don't work for you anymore. Yes, that's it, yeah. That sounds quite cool. I like, I like that idea. Uh, it's yeah, like the opposite uh, of Flux. Yes, yeah. Um, and it it can be quite mean. <laughs> yeah, it sounds um, it. Yeah, you know, so your opponent's been mean to you to act to stop you from getting a star, but the game also goes, ha, 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 you weren't quick enough. We're going to fuck you a little bit as well. <laughs> Um, so in a two-player game, it's it, it was quite easy to rectify, um, you know. Um, Anne had done it to me, and I can't remember what my punishment was, but it was it was going to be quite a, a harsh one. But luckily, I had enough resources to um, do something else within that section that allowed me to place a star on that building, which can, then cancelled out the rule. But if you're playing a three, four, or you know, up to six players, I think it is, that that is not always possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you may be busy trying to do something else, and because the board is that busy, um, your options are limited as well. So um, it's a really, really good game, and uh, I think we're actually going to try and play it when uh, when everyone comes round as well, because I think everyone was was rather. Up yeah. for playing it as I, well. Yeah, I really want to try it. Um, I think yep, my girlfriend definitely. will like the theme at the very least, and she'll oh, try it for that. Um, it it's going to be one of those. Um, she's going to end up doing what Anne did as well, where we're just going to give her the 
you know some of the parts of the game, some of the goodies, and she yeah. can sit and read, sit and <laughs> read them in titter, uh, which is what we did when we first unpacked the game and things like that as well. There's some really cool tiles and really cool elements in it as well. That sounds good. That's so, that is it, I think, for what we've been playing. Awesome. Cool. Uh, have we got any news? Yeah. News. So we didn't have podcast last week, and as a result, there was a crap load of mainly Nintendo Switch related news um, but I'm going to skip most of it because by the time this podcast is out the Switch will be out so there's no point in being like oh preview said this because we'll know by next week yes people listening to yes. this podcast will yeah. be yeah they might have Switches by the time this podcast comes out I will have yeah. a Switch by the time this podcast comes out um by the time we record the next podcast, I should hopefully have played it much. So I've got... A, there's a couple of Switch stuff in here, but most of it's other stuff. Cool. Um, the main one is actually Microsoft-related. Uh, Microsoft announced uh, yesterday or two days ago um, they are doing an EA Access-style thing called Xbox Game Pass. So, like EA Access, uh, you pay £8 a month. Mm-hmm. And they give you access to more than a hundred Xbox One and Xbox Three Sixty titles that you can then download to your Xbox One and play. Yes. Um, as long as you're subscribed, and they will. That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, and they will um, swap in and out. Unlike EA Access, which EA Access only adds games to the list and the list gets bigger as it goes on, um, they're going to take games out of as well. So it's a bit more like a Netflixy kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or like PlayStation uh, Now, except it's not a streaming service. You are downloading the game and playing the game. Um, and the other kind of cool thing about it is if you download the game, play it, and decide you want to own it instead of paying a subscription to have it as part of subscription, they will give you a discount on buying it as well. Oh, okay. So it seems like quite a cool idea. I really like it. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, like, I really like the idea of being able to buy it at a discount yeah definitely yeah um i'd like to know how much the discount is um yeah i don't think it says it just says a discount right but yeah, yeah i i really do like that idea though yeah i think it's pretty cool yeah i think it gets around the issue of playstation now which is streaming can be choppy on oh god yeah um i mainly didn't have really any issues with oh. it um I have really good internet so what I found with PlayStation Now was um, if it's an older game that's been on the service for a while mm-hmm. no problems at all but there was Civilization Revolution when that was announced I could not get a game of that for the life of me yeah that seems like yeah if something yeah. is popular at the time they like as far as I'm aware PlayStation Now is literally PlayStation 3 innards in a rack server somewhere because right. PlayStation 3 is near impossible to emulate because of the cell processor. So I think they literally just have a bunch of cell processors racked together in a fucking server somewhere. Um, and it is just spinning one of those up when you boot up the appropriate game. Yeah. So, yeah, there's like a limited amount of them. Although it's not usually much of an issue, but like you said, when a game just comes out, sometimes you just can't connect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this will yeah. just let you download yeah. stuff. Um, 
they've announced some of the games that are going to be on it. So Halo 5 is kind of one of the big ones. Uh, Mad Max, Saints Row 4, um, d- 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 Lego Batman, Mega Man Legacy Collection, Terraria, Gears of War Ultimate Edition, Fable 3, Tekken Tag Tournament 2, Payday 2, NBA 2K16 and Soul Calibur 2 are some of the initial lineup. Um, but they said there's going to be like over 100, so. Alright, okay. That's a small section of it. That's a good lineup to start with. Yeah. Um, like paying eight pound a month to get access to things like Halo Five and Mad Max is pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah, I hope it does well, and then other places rip it off because this for PlayStation would be awesome. This for a virtual console on the Wii or the Switch would be, you know, perfect. Also, also awesome. I would, I would like that. Um, yeah. Seems cool. Cool. Um, oh, also, it doesn't say if you need an Xbox Live Gold subscription for it. I assume you don't. It'd be really weird if you need two subscriptions to access it. Yeah. But also, it's Microsoft, and they've been bad about that stuff in the past. So who knows? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they hid the BBC iPlayer behind yes. uh, Xbox Live Gold as well. Yeah. iPlayer was the reason they had to get rid of um, the Xbox Live Gold. Uh, thing for Netflix and stuff like that as well was because yeah. the BBC sued them and said you can't charge for the BBC iPlayer so yeah, yeah. Um, they ended up just doing it for all of the media stuff at the same time PlayStation Plus games got announced for March they'll probably actually be up by the time this podcast comes up but if you haven't seen them yet for PlayStation 4 there's Tearaway Unfolded which is cool. a good game and Disc Jam what jam? Disc Jam you have to say it that way Disc Jam Disc Jam um, see I, I, I get it yeah exactly you get it it was cool it's kind of arcadey multiplayer uh, disc volleyball game alright okay it's like a 3D rip off of Windjammers if you ever played that yes Um. Which also Windjammers has come PS4 at some point. Uh, Windjammers. Um, then also Lumo for PSV and PS4 with Crossbuy. Oh, okay. Uh, Severed for the PSV, which I reviewed and really liked. You did, yes. You um, did, yep. That one's quite fun. I recommend trying that. If nothing else, it's one of the nice looking things you'll ever have on your Vita. Um, and on PS3. Uh, Undernight Inbirth XA Late, which is a 2D fighting game, as you could probably tell from the fact that it's a gibberish name. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can't remember if we have a review for that on the site or if that was on Camden Tom, but I think Nathan reviewed that. Right. I, I've played that game. That fighting game is very good. I really liked it. But also I never played it because it was on the PS3 and the PS4 had been out for a year. <laughs> so why would I play this? Um, and also Earth Defense Force 2025, which also has a PS4 version, so I don't know why that's that's weird. It's weird. Um, actually, no, wait, maybe it's not 2025. I remember what the Earth Defense Force game was that I reviewed. I should remember things like that. I played a lot of that game. 
Um, in other news, Nintendo Switch game cartridges taste really bad. <laughs> oh god, yes! I love this story! So, this all started from um, Giant Bomb, one of my favourite gaming sites, um, where they have they have premium streams once a week, every Friday. Well, they have more than one, but they have a main one every Friday night. And for the last couple of months, they've changed it. So the last one of the month is a call-in show where they record it in their podcast booth instead of in their studio. And they take listener questions and they answer questions and stuff like that. They had the Switch in there last week. And someone asked... I actually don't even know if it was a caller. I think it was just someone else that was there. I think it was like Drew, their camera guy, who asked if uh, what the mouthfeel of the cartridge was like. <laughs> so Jeff Gershman put a cartridge in his mouth, instantly pulled it out again, and said it tasted fucking awful, and was sitting drinking water for the rest of the show, then tweeted afterwards saying, I put that Switch cart in my mouth, and I'm not sure what those things are made of, but I can still taste it. Do not try this at home. <laughs> Uh, since then Nintendo has confirmed that there is a coating on Nintendo Switch cartridges to discourage kids or pets from eating them so Uh... it's like the equivalent of you you get that usually it's like a kind of chili thing like the kind of spray that you put on like furniture and stuff like that to stop your dogs from eating it yeah it's that basically put on Nintendo (laughs) Switch cartridges (laughs) Which is great. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah I... no, it's, it's a solid idea and also makes for one of the most fun news stories I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's been picked up in a lot of places. Like, I freaking saw on BBC News earlier today. Like, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is a, a very Some, strange yeah. thing. Something that started as Jeff Gershman doing something funny on a live stream ended up being broadcast on BBC News so good um, the, the only other news story I've got here is another Switch related thing which is that the primary way of adding friends on the Switch yeah this is unbelievable is friend codes what the fuck the Wii U lets you add people by their username this is and they went back to friend codes. This is something they have done. They've fixed in the past. Um, yeah, you, you 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 could use, you know, your what do they call it, the Nintendo ID thing. Yeah. So, I don't. Yeah, there are a variety of different ways now to add people. You can add them by using the friend code. Thankfully, it's still not as bad as the old implementation of friend codes because you add their friend code and it sends them a friend request. It's not the old style where you both have to add each other's friend oh codes. Oh, God, yeah, that was the bad. Worst. Um, you can search for local users, which same thing as what the 3DS did, where it'll just pick up other switches that are on the same network connection as you, and then you can add them. So... If you guys came over to mine and connect to my Wi-Fi, maybe they didn't connect to Wi-Fi, maybe just can sense it somehow. Um, but they would pick it up, and you could add friends that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, it can connect friends through Facebook and Twitter. So, if you have it connected to your Facebook account, you can just add your Facebook friends that way. 
which is probably the easiest option. Uh, but either way, it's fucking insane that in 2017 they're releasing a new system with friend codes. Yeah. Yeah, this is... it's. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> there are so many. Like, they spend so much time... Well, they must have spent so much time thinking, hey, we need to coat these cartridges so the kids won't eat them. But no one thought, but we should also get rid of friend codes. Guys. Yeah. Guys, and they're like, no, this is a meeting about the cartridge token, but we're coming out in a week. <laughs> we should get rid of Franco. We're going to coat the cartridges. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's bizarre. My switch oh, comes yeah. tomorrow. It has been dispatched. Yay! Nice. Yeah, I... I, I can't see myself getting one of those immediately. I will probably wait a little while. That seems like the sensible thing to do. Yeah, I'll probably... I have found myself getting a slight bit of a... shiny new toy, shiny new console envy and kind of wanting one. That's pretty much why I'm getting it. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I, I'm t- t- telling myself I don't need it because there's nothing I want to play on it so far. This is the first uh, console I've ever bought at launch. Really? Yeah. I thought you bought a PlayStation 4 launch. I bought it slightly after launch. It wasn't ah, right. far. It was still launch window, really. It probably counts. Because remember, PS4 yeah. sold out everywhere at launch. Yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, I bought it like a month or two afterwards. Ah. But still, this is the first time I'm getting one day one, which exciting stuff. It's a good thing I'm buying the one game that comes out for it at launch as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably the reason I'm not buying it at launch, because I have never really particularly been interested or liked Zelda games. So. That's fair. What about Bomberman? Dude, I can fire up an emulator and play that. I can play it on my freaking phone. I'll what? let you play my 369-in-1 cartridge. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> on there. Uh, Eight quid. What about one, two, switch... Talk to me again when you've got a legitimate game anyone should be interested in. Alright, you guys both really liked Fast Racing Neo. We did, we did. The Fast yeah. Racing Remix is a launch title, which is Fast Racing Neo but with double the content. And HD Rumble. I still don't actually know what the HD Rumble is. Everyone just keeps saying HD Rumble and no one really seems to explain what it is. Nintendo's <laughs> like, you can feel the ice cubes in the thing. And I say, I don't think there should be ice cubes inside your controller. That sounds like you break the electronics. <laughs> yeah, you can electrocute yourself, you silly bastard. This, yeah. is why, this is why people are having issues with the left Joy-Con, is because there's fucking ice cubes in there. <laughs> yeah. They can feel the ice cube, but once it makes contact with one of the electrodes, they can't feel anything else. Yeah. Uh, oh. On an unrelated note, I looked up and Undernight and Birth XA Late was in fact reviewed by Nathan on Camden Tom. Ah, cool. He gave it four and a half stars. Oh, very good. It's a high score. It is indeed. Cool. Have we got any more news? I don't have any more news. Don't know if you cool. guys do. We, uh, no, I, I definitely don't. Nope, do we have nope. some new releases? Uh, yes, we do, yeah. So, looking at, by Maybe the time you're trouble. listening to this, it will be the launch Friday, well, the launch Friday, the, the Friday of the 10th of March, 
So coming out in that week, um, on the 7th of March, we've got Ghost Recon Wildlands coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Yep, looking uh, forward to it. Yep. Uh, and then... I Yeah, I didn't play it, but I still need to... Uh, I do quite fancy it, but like we said earlier in the podcast, there is so much coming out, so I think it's probably going to sit in the back burner for me. That's fair. It seems like something that I will pick up when other people pick up later yes. down the line to play co-op because co-op like, I wasn't really I played a bit of that beta solo didn't really enjoy it I uh-huh. then played a couple of hours of a co-op and really enjoyed that so it seems like a good sandbox to fuck around yeah. in um, so coming out on March the 10th we've got Atelier Ferris The Alchemist and The Mysterious Journey from uh, Koei Tecmo that's coming out on the Vita and the PS4 they've been quite busy recently as well they have. Uh, yeah, because they brought out a Berserk and um, a game I actually played on the... Uh, I played the Vita version of it, which is the, the new Dynasty Warriors tactics game. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so I need to play a little bit more of that before I can talk about it on the podcast. But, um, yeah, so they've been quite busy. Um, the next one, I'm not 100% sure what this is. Lego Worlds? Uh, is Lego. that the... It's the Minecraft one. Oh, that's the Minecraft one. Uh, oh, okay. I've heard uh, it. No, uh, well, it's coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One on the 10th of March. It's been in early access for like three years now or something like that. All yeah. right. All right, cool. Fair enough. Uh, we also have, uh, Kieran, one you've been looking forward to, Near Automata. Yes. Uh, that it comes out. seems awesome. Reviews yeah. for that started hitting. Oh, wow. They're okay. positive. Good. They said, hey, it's like that big open world JRPG everyone really liked, only they took the clunky combat out and put Bayonetta in instead. And it's like, okay, <laughs> sure. Right. All right, yeah. that sounds great. <laughs> uh, so that's coming out for the PS4. And then there was one I was interested in um, and then did a little bit of research, uh, thanks to Kieran, and that's uh, Mario Sport- Sports Superstars comes out for the 3DS on the 10th as well. So this is the Mario Sports compilation game it's got golf tennis golf tennis baseball football baseball and horse riding yeah all your favorite sports yeah (laughs) i have to say though Um, i love the way the horse looks in it it's one of the coolest looking fucking horses i haven't actually seen the the horse riding part of it um but i was really tempted to pick this up um and it's not getting really favourable reviews. No, it doesn't seem uh, too great. Yeah, so I think I will wait for it to drop yeah. in price or something. Bet, yeah, yeah, I bet it's one of those games that'll be fine. I don't, I don't think it'll be bad. I think it'll just be fine. Yeah. Um, and a month with so many other releases, though. Yeah, there's, there's much better things that you can be looking at. So if it came down to the wire, and you had to buy either Mario Sports Mix or Sports Stars, even. Yeah. Or Mass Effect. <laughs> it's a me. Uh, it's a me, Commander Shepard. My favorite store in the Sentinel. <laughs> Football is my favorite sport on this compilation. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, that's it for new releases. Um, so, is there anything else? Have we got any more uh, 
last minute stories or anything else we forgot to say we've been playing or talking about? No, not, not at all. Ah, uh, not that I can think of. Cool. Uh, all I will say is I downloaded the free Final Fantasy 15 game that's now on PlayStation 4 while we were recording this. Oh, okay. That game is two gigs and both of you should go download it because it'll take you minutes and it is a really fun little hack and slash beat em up in kind of uh, what do we call it Streets of Rage 2 stately oh okay but the new yeah, River City you... Ransom game came out oh okay on Steam like it's made by like a bunch of fans but they got the actual license for it so it's an actual licensed River City Ransom game, and it looks really good. I'm it's sensing a butt. No, I'm just amazed it's out. That's the the butt is. I don't think it should exist, but it seems to, and that's great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. I just thought I should bring that up. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> uh, cool. So the only thing left to do is uh, thank everyone for listening to the podcast and uh, keeping us going for all this time uh, if you want to send us an email you can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com or you can find us on twitter Paul how do they find us on twitter at glitchfreegame and facebook and facebook.com forward slash glitchfreegaming or you know just use the search bar and search for glitchfreegaming quite sensible and uh, we've also got a glitchfreegaming.com there is a stuff going up on that website all the time uh, Ben's still working away slaving away getting uh, codes and, and making sure there's reviews and things going up on the site and there's features there as well uh, yeah so uh, give it a little read and see what you think and cool I don't think there's anything else is there no Nope. Um, my preview of Slime Sign will be up some point next, probably before next podcast with it. I'd hope. Cool. So that's something to go read. Excellent. So, until next week, then we shall speak to you all later. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.